This podcast is made possible by thousands of dedicated listeners just like you. Be a part of this powerful three-decade legacy of evangelization by visiting materdayradio.com or downloading the Hail Mary Media app. And thank you for joining us on the bridge between your faith and everyday life. In the book of Hebrews, chapter 4, verse 12, it says, Indeed, the word of God is living and effective, sharper than any two-edged sword, penetrating even between soul and spirit, joints and marrow, and able to discern reflections and thoughts of the heart. Yes, the Word of God is living and effective today in my life and in yours. And that's the very reason why I'm offering this weekly podcast where I reflect upon the liturgical scripture readings for the Sunday Mass. So now, please join me on Faith Moments with Dina Marie as we break open the Word of God together, inviting His Word to change our lives forever. Greetings and welcome to Faith Moments with Dina Marie, a weekly podcast where we ponder and proclaim the Sunday Mass readings. Today is the second Sunday of Lent. We have entered into yet another beautiful liturgical season in the church. This season is about six weeks, this time of Lent, a time to follow Christ on his road to Calvary, his road through the Passion, and those 40 days that he spent in the wilderness. We're spending those 40 days, so to speak, in time of prayer, fasting, facing those temptations and developing those virtues, those virtues that will help us to stave off, to fight, to resist the temptations that come to us from the world and from the devil. And so we had an opportunity last Sunday in the reading from Mark to go into the wilderness with Jesus. He encountered those temptations with the accompaniment of angels. And also he spent time amongst the wild beasts. And now we're going to see another aspect of Jesus's life. I'm I'm looking at a theme here of listening to the light or heaven hearkening, that heaven hearkens to us. And will you listen to the light of Christ in your daily life when you're walking in the most dark and the most desolate of deserts? So let's begin today. I like to open with the collect prayer that is found in, uh, as you listen, if you've got a, a nice accompaniment or a missile like the Magnificat, you'll find that collect prayer at the opening of the readings. So let us pray. O God, who have commanded us to listen to your beloved Son, be pleased, we pray, to nourish us inwardly by your word, that with spiritual sight made pure, we may rejoice to behold your glory. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God forever and ever. Amen. Our first reading in the second Sunday of Lent is a reading from the book of Genesis. God put Abraham to the test. He called to him, Abraham. Here I am, he replied. Then God said, take your son Isaac, your only one, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah. There you shall offer him up as a holocaust on a height that I will point out to you. When they came to the place of which God had told him, Abraham built an altar there and arranged the wood on it. 
Then he reached out and took the knife to slaughter his son. But the Lord's messenger called to him from heaven, Abraham, Abraham. Here I am, he answered. Do not lay your hand on the boy, said the messenger. Do not do the least thing to him. I know now how devoted you are to God, since you did not withhold from me your own beloved son. As Abraham looked out, he spied a ram caught by its horns in a thicket. So he went and took the ram and offered it up as a holocaust in place of his son. Again, the Lord's messenger called to Abraham from heaven and said, I swear by myself, declares the Lord, that because you acted as you did in not withholding from me your beloved son, I will bless you abundantly and make your descendants as countless as the stars of the sky and the sands of the seashore. Your descendants shall take possession of the gates of their enemies. And in your descendants, all the nations of the earth shall find blessing. All this because you obeyed my command. The word of the Lord. Our psalm is Psalm 116. I will walk before the Lord in the land of the living. I believed even when I said, I am greatly afflicted. Precious in the eyes of the Lord is the death of his faithful ones. I will walk before the Lord in the land of the living. O Lord, I'm your servant. I'm your servant, the son of your handmaid. You have loosened my bonds. To you will I offer sacrifice of thanksgiving, and I will call upon the name of the Lord. I will walk before the Lord in the land of the living. My vows to the Lord I will pay in the presence of all his people, in the courts of the house of the Lord, in your midst, O Jerusalem. I will walk before the Lord in the land of the living. Our second reading is a reading from the letter of St. Paul to the Romans. Brothers and sisters, if God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but handed him over for us all, how will he not also give us everything else along with him? Who will bring a charge against God's chosen ones? It is God who acquits us. Who will condemn? Christ Jesus it is who died, or rather was raised, who also is at the right hand of God, who indeed intercedes for us. The word of the Lord. Our gospel is a reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. Jesus took Peter, James, and John and led them up a high mountain apart by themselves. And he was transfigured before them. And his clothes became dazzling white, such as no fuller on earth could bleach them. Then Elijah appeared to them, along with Moses, and they were conversing with Jesus. Then Peter said to Jesus in reply, Rabbi, it is good that we are here. Let us make three tents, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. He hardly knew what to say. They were so terrified. Then a cloud came, 
casting a shadow over them. From the cloud came a voice. This is my beloved son. Listen to him. Suddenly, looking around, they no longer saw anyone but Jesus alone with them. As they were coming down from the mountain, he charged them not to relate what they had seen to anyone, except when the Son of Man had risen from the dead. So they kept the matter to themselves, questioning what rising from the dead meant. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Again, we're in this second Sunday of the Lenten season. Maybe you've made some particular promises, so to speak, or some pledges of how you're going to observe Lent and you've already fallen a couple of times. It's okay. Get back up. And here's another day to walk forward. And let's get some encouragement. But also, these are pretty strong, a strong example to follow, but a necessary example to follow from Abraham. We only get a small account of this account of Abraham and the sacrifice of Isaac. There's a lot of detail that's not included in this account of the test of Abraham from the book of Genesis. You can read for yourself the full chapter 22. But what I think is important, or one of the things that's important, there's a lot to draw from this particular account that God is giving Abraham a test. God has been forming Abraham, has been building this relationship with Abraham, has called out to our father Abraham, and knows that Abraham is a man of faith. And he's continued to test Abraham. You know, he calls Abraham out from this land with all of the people to go out again into a wilderness, into a place unknown. unknown. There's, there's tests along the way that God is giving Abraham. Will you follow me this far? Will you follow me this far? Will you trust? Even if you can't see the light ahead, even if you can't see what this means, if you can't see the end goal, will you trust me, Abraham? And so now that Isaac has been born, Abraham and his wife, Sarah, who have been barren, now they want a son. They had Ishmael, but that was not between Abraham and Sarah. But now Sarah has born Abraham, Isaac, and Isaac is now growing up into a young man. And now that Abraham has spent time loving his son, Isaac, this is his precious gift from God. Probably the most precious gift that Abraham has. The thing that he loves the most is in his son, Isaac. And so God will ask that sacrifice of love. If you trust me, give me as a holocaust or give me as a sacrifice, your only begotten son. You shall offer him up. Follow, follow this instruction. And Abraham dutifully follows the instruction. And as he continues faithfully, there must be anguish in his heart. But he trusts in God so much that he is willing to give his only son. He takes the wood and the knife 
We hear about that in the account that the wood is there to uh, to in a torch to put fire. The fire would burn the Holocaust, but the knife would, of course, slay and kill the sacrifice. So you'd use the knife and the wood. And as Abraham is ready and is ready to jump off that 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 diving board into the deep end. Okay, I trust you, Lord. And he is ready to slay his son. And then heaven hearkens and heaven cries out, Abraham, Abraham. Can you imagine the sweat pouring down Abraham's face and and recognize that, that Isaac is not just this little child that's helpless. Isaac is cooperating. He loves his father, Abraham. He's not struggling in this. He's being a willing sacrifice in in himself. He probably could have easily fled from his father. But Isaac is there as the sacrifice. And heaven intervenes, hearkening by an angel. Do not put a hand to the boy. I know that you trust me. You have proven your trust. You've proven your faithfulness. And we get to the end of the story, as Paul Harvey would say, what's the rest of the story? The rest of the story is because you follow my command, Abraham, because you follow my command, son and daughter of God, I will give you a blessing. I will give you a blessing. Of course, we hear for Abraham, it's a blessing of of abundant blessings on all of his descendants. They would be as countless as the stars or as the sand of the sea. And our blessing too is when we follow and are faithful to God, even in times that we cannot understand, will we sacrifice what we most love, our time, our talents, our treasures? Will we sacrifice our very life for God, for God's will? Even if we can't see, why is this important? Will we follow in the footsteps of Abraham. The Lenten season is, I think, building us to be able to make those difficult sacrifices. Sacrifices in our life that are unique to each and every one of us. We each and every one of us will have different pains and sufferings and difficulties and decisions to make along the way that are unique to our story. Our story, which guides us into the loving arms of Christ. All this because you obeyed my command. Would we be a faithful servant like Abraham? I want to just look into the gospel of Mark today. And in fact, I want to take from the, there's a, Bible commentary that I'm using for both Old and New Testament, and it's called the Collegeville Bible Commentary. And what I like about these smaller booklets, I don't have all of them, but they're nice because it has the the reading of the scripture and right below it has a commentary. And we're already up to chapter nine when we get to the account of the transfiguration. Now you're probably wondering, I mean, I was wondering, okay, it's Lent and we hear about the transfiguration. What's this all about? And, and traditionally in our liturgy for the readings, the second Sunday 
of Lent will be an account of the transfiguration. The first Sunday of Lent will be an account of Jesus going into the desert, that 40 day stint in the wilderness. But on the second Sunday, we do get this account from different gospels and different, a little bit different account. One of the things that I think is interesting in the light of Genesis and Exodus, Exodus particularly, is that when we hear this gospel according to Mark uh, chapter nine, again, it says that a cloud came. So, so Jesus is with his three disciples. They go to the top of this mountain and then they see Moses and Elijah, and they see this conversation of the law and the prophets, the one who represents the law, Moses. He brought down the Ten Commandments and all of the rules of how to worship, of how to sacrifice, of the priestly line of the Levites, uh, all of that. Moses represents that law of God. And then we know that Elijah represents the prophets, the prophets that continue to proclaim uh, the truth of God, the kingdom of God, that continue to be prophets that speak for the mouth of God on earth. And so these two are conversing with Jesus. And as the apostles are watching this, it's interesting because we hear that a cloud came casting a shadow over them. Now, when do we hear about a cloud? If you remember when Moses is going up into the mountain to converse with God, the people were very afraid because the cloud and fire enveloped the mountain. And actually Moses walked through the cloud up into the mountain and he spent that time with God. So we have this association with God's presence, you know, that the, the cloud would cover and fill the tabernacle, the whole tent, the whole place that, that the people built to honor and worship God that was filled with the cloud and the cloud would be there. That means the Lord is present. And when the cloud left, okay, then the Lord is not present. Similar to what our, 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 our candle lit in our churches telling us that Jesus is present in our tabernacle in the Holy Eucharist. But this cloud comes, the voice of God speaks, this is my beloved son, listen to him. And so there's this, this again, hearken from heaven. This voice from heaven is instructing the disciples what to do next. And let's go back because we're in chapter nine with the transfiguration account, but in chapter eight, which we've heard a little bit of this so far, but not a lot, uh, we hear, I'm just going to go back to chapter eight, verses 31 through the end of the chapter. We have the first prediction that Jesus has to his disciples about his passion. And so he's beginning to teach his followers that the son of man must suffer greatly, will be rejected, uh, will be killed, and will be raised after three days. So these men have heard this prediction from Jesus himself. And then before, right before we hear this account of the transfiguration, now Jesus is going even deeper. He's going to say that whoever wishes to come after me must deny himself Abraham was asked to deny himself, deny his greatest love, the love of his firstborn son, 
Isaac to take up his cross and follow me. So the followers are hearing this message from Jesus, probably baffled. Whoever wishes to save his life, doing my will, will lose it. But those who lose his life, Abraham was willing to lose his life. You know, the death of his son Isaac would have meant, in a way, a heart-wrenching part of his life would have died at that sacrifice, but he was willing to make it. Those who are willing to lose his life for my sake and that of the gospel will save it. What profit is there for one to gain the whole world and forfeit his life? So again, we're hearing about these predictions of the passion of Jesus. And then and then right before the transfiguration, it's interesting, chapter nine of Mark, it says, he also said to them, amen, I say to you, there are some standing here who will not taste death until they see that the kingdom of God has come in power. And then we go into the account of the transfiguration. It says after six days, so six days after those revelations from Jesus, so to speak, these predictions of the passion. Jesus takes the three, the inner circle, Peter, James, and John, and leads them up to a high mountain apart by themselves. And then we get the account of the transfiguration. And so Jesus is slowly unpacking, you know, just like we do with a baby, we give like this soft food for their digestion and we're entering, we're introducing new foods. Here's some vegetables, here's some fruits, you know, and, and slowly Jesus is unpacking, you know, the most important thing that the way to victory, the way to the kingdom of God, the way to eternal life, the way to eternally worshiping God is through the cross, through my cross, through Jesus's cross, his cross, the agony in the garden, the scourging at the pillar, that um, willing, suffering servant that will go through all things for the love of us, but will go through his cross and our cross, the pain and suffering that we're going to have to face throughout our daily lives. I think one of the things we can hold on to is that heaven hearkens, that heaven that heaven continues to call us forward. And Abraham, the messenger of God, called out, Abraham, Abraham. God called through the clouds to the disciples as they're mystified, as they're still trying to put the puzzle together, heaven is with us. Heaven is hearkening for us to look beyond our own will, beyond our own temptations, and, and seek, seek the light of Christ. Seek the truth of Christ. Cling to that truth. Be faithful to that truth. Be faithful to God like Father Abraham be faithful and trust. Even I, I can't understand this pain, this suffering. This doesn't seem right. This doesn't seem fair. That's not fair. God's not talking about fair. He's talking about righteousness and justness. And his mercy does endure forever. 
take up our cross and follow the path to glory. I want to close with this prayer intention that is found in the Magnificat and just want to hold up these prayers as we continue our Lenten journey together. Let us pray. To God the Father, we make a sacrifice of thanksgiving, counting on his unfailing mercy. We stand before him now with these needs, that the church will stand before the world without stain or blemish, holy and obedient to God. For the whole world, that our days may truly become the acceptable time of grace, salvation, and peace. For those who are far from the church, that in this season of reconciliation, they may return to Christ. That our parish may witness to the faith by an increased love and reverence for the Holy Eucharist during this season of Lent. For those who are downhearted or burdened with difficulties, that they may experience the transfiguring power of God and for the grace this week to see the glory of Jesus in all the circumstances and crosses of our life. For all these, we pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. May God be with you on this Lenten journey. Yes, Lord does hear your prayer. You have been listening to Faith Moments with Dina Marie. Reflections upon the liturgical scripture readings for the Sunday Mass. New podcast episodes are released weekly through the generous support of Mater Dei Radio. To learn more about Faith Moments with Dina Marie, visit me online at dinamarie.org. That's dinamarie.org. May you have a blessed week. If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider sharing it with a friend. You can support this vital mission of evangelization through materdayradio.com or the Hail Mary Media app. And thank you for helping us lead souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary.